Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. And now at this stage, we'll listen to the interview that I conducted with Father Frank Downs, prior to the Dominicans in Sasebis during the week. So welcome back again to part two of Sacred Space here in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley. Thanks again for continuing to stay with us this morning. As promised at my introduction, um, I did let people know that we were going to have a chat with one of the Dominican priests here in Limerick. And this morning I'm delighted uh, that Father Frank Downs, one of the community here, has uh, very kindly given us some time to chat with us about their history, about their plans and so on and so forth. So, Father Frank Downs, you're welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, John. A pleasure to be here. So, as prior of the Dominican community, I speak on my own behalf and on theirs. Thank you very much indeed. Father Frank, Father Frank, I met you a number of years ago, I think, at a retreat with the Newcastle West Parish back in Adfert. That is quite correct. That was in the middle of winter. And we promised we'd talk. And eventually it happened. So you're welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Now, the reason why uh, we asked Father Frank now to, to join us this morning is, as we all know, uh, Father Frank, uh, uh, the Dominicans are about to leave uh, St. Salavius here in Limerick. So, Father, for those people out there who are maybe not too sure who the Dominicans are, where they come from, when, when they were founded and so on and so forth. Can you give us a, a little bit of an insight into that, please? Well, we're celebrating 800 years of our foundation worldwide this year. Mm-hmm. We were founded back in 1216 by a man called Dominic de Guzman. Uh-huh. Dominic was a Spaniard, and he lived with his uncle, a priest, as when he was a child. And his uncle, the priest, educated him. Mm-hmm. And then he joined what we call the Canons Regular in Spain. And he had a very comfortable life there, like a religious community. But he was on a mission one time. And on that mission, he saw other members, leaders of the church, who weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Okay. So he was fired by this, and he wanted to do something new. Mm-hmm. So he moved out to a small village called Fanjo, north of Carcassonne, and there he lived for 10 years in a house in the smallest little village you could find, overlooking a most beautiful plain. And the village is a very quiet village, but at night it got busy and the, there was a few pubs there, so his mm-hmm. ministry was in the pubs. It does happen. And it does indeed. Mm-hmm. And there were many, many people who began to come back to the Lord through his presence there particularly ladies of the time, and about three kilometres away, he found that the first foundation that was made was the Dominican nuns in Pruy. And we have one monastery and closed monastery here in Ireland of our Dominican nuns in the monastery of St. Catherine of Siena in Drahada County Louth, who are our rock, they're our bedrock and our strength. Now, beautiful to hear that. So if somebody were to ask you, what's the mission of the of the Dominicans. I know your second name, by the way, or maybe a nickname, or maybe the proper name is the Order of Preachers. Is mm-hmm. that, would that be right, Father? That is quite correct indeed. We were founded to preach the good news of God, mm-hmm. and truth is our motto, and hopefully we live that ourselves as best we can with all our faults and failings. Mm-hmm. And I suppose one of our, our other motto is to contemplate and to give the fruits of our contemplation to others others. And that's what St. Dominic did when he lived in Fanjou, that place of quiet and contemplation, that place of rootedness and inner strength. And out of that then, hearing what God was saying to him in Mm -hmm. his heart, Mm -hmm. he went on mission to others. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you mentioned there about contemplation and so on and so forth. That just reminds me of that lovely prayer that we pray in the church around the Sunday Gospels, and in, in fact around any scripture passage, Lectio Divina. That's right. Could you tell us a little bit about Lectio Divina? Well, I'm not the expert on Lectio no, Divina, no. but Father Brendan is, mm-hmm. and he's had a wonderful ministry uh, in, in the diocese mm-hmm. over the past 16 years, and he, through the gift of Lectio, has enriched the lives of many, many people. Lectio Divina really is making the scriptures our own. That's lovely. The experience mm-hmm. of what happens in sacred scripture mm-hmm. and finding our place in that and what God is inviting us to do. And you know, I, I was just thinking about when I looked on your website or on the website of the Dominicans, I don't know, the, the audience made up of priests and brothers and sisters and lay people. Mm-hmm. How are lay people involved? Right, we have what we call our Dominican family. It's the broader okay. umbrella, if you mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. We have the friars, we have the nuns, the sisters, and the lay people are tertiaries is a more intimate mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. for us, where they make a promise to mm-hmm. be part of the Dominican way. And there are many people, lay people who are not tertiaries, but who are very truly Dominican Okay, yeah. in the way they support us in so many, many ways. People who are so gracious to us voluntary mm-hmm. and who befriend us in a very gracious way. And, you know, I, I couldn't help but just thinking that it, it just crossed my mind. Doesn't the rosary play, play a a very large part. Yeah, the rosary is an integral part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we have in Lourdes, if you're in Lourdes, at the Rosary Basilica outside mm-hmm. it there, mm-hmm. you have Our Lady presenting the rosary to our founder, St. Dominic. And that's very much part of our tradition. And the rosary was there when we weren't praying the breviary or people weren't praying the breviary. Okay. There are 150 Hail Marys. Well, there were before the Mysteries of Light. Mm-hmm. And the 150 Hail Marys really were the equivalent to the 150 Psalms in the Old Testament. Okay. Okay. So the rosary is everybody's prayer. Uh, right. And, you know, uh, the other thing is that the people would be interested, mm-hmm. I suppose, is where, where are the Dominicans based in Ireland? No, I, don't, don't. We are based in basically Sligo, Galway, Limerick, Tralee, two foundations in Cork, Waterford, Kilkenny, Newbridge, uh, the Mother House in Talla, two parishes in Talla, St. Saviour's, Dominic Street in Dublin, our formation house, uh, Dundalk and Newry. Wow. So, I mean, obviously there must be quite a few members. So. Uh, well, no, we are decreasing and yeah, we are no, depleting. Yeah. And I, I think we, we, we're really faced with an enormous amount of changes. We don't have enormous numbers. No, in this house, there has been three living in this house for mm-hmm, f- mm-hmm. the past few years. It's untenable at many levels, even to have a quality of life. Yeah. The basic thing of heating the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think in, with regards to Dominican community, when it goes below a certain number, it's, it's, it's untenable. And I thought I read somewhere, um, maybe over the last year or so, that maybe it's worldwide I'm thinking about, but uh, vocations to the Dominicans was, was pretty good, pretty healthy. Well, we've had, we have been very blessed in the mm-hmm. Irish province. Yes, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Some years ago, we took in a group of 13 and six of those, are, seven of those are, will be ordained. Six are ordained on the 9th of July and one is already a priest before he entered us. Praise be the Lord. And really, that's, uh, that's not a bad average though. I mean, 50%. No, but then five brothers have died since Christmas. Okay. Coming back to Limerick again, the history of the Dominicans roughly coming to Limerick. We were the fifth Limerick. foundation 
Association of the Order of Fry Preachers in Ireland. Mm -hmm. 1227 was our date for coming to Limerick. So needless to say, in times of persecution, we had to hide and move out. And one of the beautiful experiences of that was around 1730, when... um, Robert's family in Mary Street took in the friars into their back garden Mm -hmm. and gave them shelter. Mm -hmm. And there was a little chapel on the ground floor and they lived on the first floor and that began to spread and the chapel was a place of worship up to about 1780. Mm -hmm. And then it was Fish Lane there near Sir Harry's Mall and then there was a marvellous prior at the time called Father James Harrigan. Mm -hmm. And Father James Harrigan was the prior and founding father of our foundation here in Glentworth Street. And this week, coming week, we will be 200 years here in Glentwood Street. So it's very poignant, it's wonderful, and it's sad. It has all the emotions of the spectrum at the moment. One well, I mean, imagine so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Father Frank, um, obviously you've been here now for so many years, as you've just outlined, uh, the, the Dominicans ministered here in Limerick. Um, can you just go through what sort of ministers you would have been involved in, the yes, Dominicans? Yes, um, the ministry here was predominantly sacramental, and by that I mean the sacraments. We just didn't serve Limerick City. Uh, in days before we all had cars, when people came to Limerick for the day on the bus or the train, the first stop was the Priory here, because yes. we were so adjacent to the railway station. So people would come for the sacrament of confession, Mm -hmm. get their masses said, and maybe have a little bit of counselling with the priests, and also to have some, have experienced the sacrament of mass. Mm -hmm. So the sacrament of reconciliation was a big, big part of our ministry here, and the late Frank McCourt in Angela's Ashes Mm -hmm. speaks very kindly of the Dominicans in Angela's Ashes. He obviously tested out the different orders, and no Mm -hmm. disrespect to anybody else in the city, Mm -hmm. but he kind of felt there was a, a great spirit here, and we do, in the healthiest way possible, pride ourselves in the gift of God's mercy and the sacrament of reconciliation. It's one of the great trainings we did get Mm-hmm. In, our, in our formation. And the ministry also would have included working quite a bit with lay people as well. I mean, uh. So in the 70s, we took on a parish here, uh, and that has been uh, very much part of our lives as well. People feel more a part of us, mm-hmm. having been a parish. And a lot of people would come back to have their requiem masses here because oh, of yeah. the association. Mm-hmm. And then our ministry was wider, North Tip, you know, Clare, North Cork, and also a lot of the friars in their time would have gone out to give retreats. So when you mentioned that you'd move out from here to, to Tip and Clare, mm. what sort of ministry would you be forming that again? Would no, it be re- they retreats? would come into us, okay, come but the retreats were for religious communities. Okay. And we would have been con- uh, confessors to different religious communities in the city mm-hmm. over the period of time we've been here. So, Father, one of the other things that uh, people have spoken about and would like to maybe hear a little bit more about is the Sacred Heart Altar here. Yes, the Sacred Heart Altar is a beautiful, beautiful piece that can go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a beautiful statue of the Sacred Heart, and the altar itself uh, speaks volumes. It was an extension put on. Father Harrigan was the founding father here, but there was a Father Carberry as well who okay. did an awful lot of work in extending uh, the church. And that Sacred Heart altar was uh, there as a tribute to Father Carberry. Beautiful. Also, the, there's a lovely devotion here to Our Lady of Limerick. Yes, Monday is our day for Our Lady of Limerick, mm-hmm. and we have a wonderful old prayer that a lot of people know by rote. 
Okay. A lot of people know by rote, and we pray that every Monday at our at our mass here at the one o'clock mass, and um, it's a great tradition in the city because when they were doing the tiara and creating that for Our Lady, a lot of people would have given rings, engagement oh, rings, yeah. wedding rings. So there'd be big tradition around that. But that would have come from a very wide space. Yes, yeah, that beautiful. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. There's also another devotion here to St. Martin. Oh, well, no, St. Martin is exceptional uh, and has been. <laughs> but I think yeah. um, I think poor St. Martin has got a bit lazy. The devotion is as big <laughs> as it used to be. We have a lovely chapel in there built on in the early That's 60s right, yeah. to him. And in my childhood, devotion to St. Martin was, was outstanding, outstanding here. Um, and even our circulation of the St. Martin magazine That's around right, the country, course, a lot of yes. people take that. St. Martin candles, mm-hmm. so many, many things. I remember my childhood, my mother used to order the St. Martin candle from Dublin and it would come wrapped up in a box and we'd look forward to receiving it. And that was the candle that lit in the window to welcome Our Lady and the baby Jesus That's at beautiful. Christmas. I suppose that leads me on to the question that, that, that some people would still, I mean, have liked that St. Martin's magazine and would still like to continue to get that St. Martin. Can they? Uh, there is no problem getting that, mm-hmm. John. Um, St. Martin Apostolate in Parnell Square in Dublin. I'm okay. doing a bit of advertising That's now. Fine. I didn't anticipate this, okay. but sure, why not? Why not? And uh, uh, yes, it's still available. And it's available in the church. In some of the supermarkets, you'll find it as well. Beautiful. Okay, so St. Martin's, St. Martin's um, Day is a special day here for oh, him and Oh, it's Thursday. It was really um, how I came to know the Dominicans, John, was my mother asked me one year to come to the Novena of St. Martin, which I did. Mm. And that year, in about 1974, it was so successful, the prior at the time decided to continue devotions to St. Martin every Thursday. So in those days, half seven on a Thursday was my trip to the Dominicans. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of, so we'd celebrate those devotions every Thursday. And we still do at the one o'clock mass, like Monday for Our Lady of Limerick, we'd have the prayer to St. Martin on a Thursday. You kept busy now throughout the week. Absolutely, with remember, all these saints, yes, and so yes, indeed. Yeah. One of the things, I suppose, in more recent times that, that, that people would like to have seen that around Christmas time, you, you had a lovely crib on the left-hand side of the church. Uh, yes, you're domain. correct on that, and that's on the Sacred Heart altar that's right, again. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that crib was unique. Uh, every year there were different little animals in that's it. That's right, yes. that's right. And it was a very warm and welcoming Mm-mm. That's right. So hopefully that will continue with the sisters. Beautiful. That well. Well, I mean, just to remind us, uh, just to remind listeners again that we did have the opportunity of interviewing and chatting with the sisters uh, via Skype there a few months ago, and and hope indeed to to speak to them and welcome to Limerick when that time comes. They will be coming on the nineteenth of August. The date is set. Okay. So the four of them will be arriving on the nineteenth, Friday, the nineteenth of August. So we're, we'll be here to welcome them, and they've already been welcomed graciously by the bishop, the diocese, and particularly the religious communities uh, from around the diocese came on a Sunday evening when they were here last in April and gave them a very wholesome and warm welcome. So it can only get better and better. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I suppose the important thing is is that the Lord works continue. And how that continues is really up to the Holy Spirit when that happens. So I couldn't agree with you more, but we have so much to be grateful for. Now, there is yes. sadness in this as well. There mm-hmm. is a profound sadness for us. Mm-mm. So uh, that's there. It's, it's, very, it's a time of mixed emotions, mm. uh, but we realistically cannot keep going, really. And that's all over Ireland, you know, the... the 
the writing is on the wall and mm. we're down to the wire in some respects. Where we're flourishing in some places, it's wonderful. But uh, we have to really relook at things. And our Father General, Father Bruno Cadore, has insisted on that, as did our General before him, mm. Father Timothy Radcliffe. And I suppose that reminds us all as lay people to continue to pray for vocations. They don't just fall off trees. No, they don't. And people say to me, it's terrible, you have no vocations. And I will say, well, you know, would you, would you like your son to join up? And mm. invariably, you now the answer is no. Mm. So, so it's been a very dark and changing time for the church and a purifying time. Mm-hmm. But God is beyond us, thankfully, and God will work his own way when the time comes. So, for over a year now, we've heard um, about the Dominicans leaving Germany. It's been going on since September 2014. It's been Mm. a long, tedious journey, both for the people Mm. and indeed for the friars living here, because the people said, well, are you coming? Are you staying? What's happening? What's not happening? Mm. And then thanks to the insight and foresight of Bishop Brendan, Bishop Brendan Leahy, uh, he invited our Dominican sisters of St. Cecilia from Nashville, Tennessee to come and make a foundation in his diocese. So he was happy to invite them and welcome them and we we're very happy to give them the use of the Priory as their home. So really, I mean, it just became to, you know, to the situation that there were so few of you here. It just would have been so hard to continue. Well, it was, a, a, it was no, it was more of a, a, a policy. I okay. had quarters in Dublin mm-hmm. uh, in that, what we call our midterm council in September 2014. Mm-hmm. It was decided five houses would close okay. and we were stipulated as one of those five houses. So what's going to happen to the Priory? So, so, I mean, with the Priory now and the church now, the sisters are well, going to... the sisters are going to live in the Priory. The church, from the morning of the 4th of July, will be in the administrative hands of the Limerick Diocese. Okay. And uh, the administrator pro tem will be Father Richard Keane. And thankfully, and I'm very happy to tell the people, that there will be Mass every day here from Sunday right through Saturday at 1pm. So that 1 o'clock Mass, that means so much to so many people who come from outside Limerick for the day mm. and get their Mass, uh, they, that will still be available to them. You must have had some lovely memories yourself here, Father, uh, over the years. Yes, you see, I was born down the street. Okay. I'm a native uh, Lord Lentworth Street, and I entered from this house, and there are six of us in the province who are alive still, thank God, who have entered from this house. So for us, it's a poignant and it's a very sad moment, because this was the beginning of our introduction yes. to Dominican life. Beautiful. And so, if there's a message you'd like to leave to listeners of this program, who from time to time would have travelled in from the country to visit, to visit and maybe have masses said, or maybe attend mass, maybe sacrament of confirmation of confession. What sort of message would you like to leave those people? I'd say for the next few weeks, be patient because mm. something new is coming mm. with the coming of the sisters. And we don't know how that's going to shape, but they're young women full of vitality and energy, full of the spirit and rooted in the tradition of St. Dominic. So the Dominican tradition will continue, but in a very different way. So God is always filling us with surprises, Mm -hmm. so we can't anticipate his goodness or what he has in line for us. So we just have to wait in hope. Beautiful. Father Frank, the only thing I can say is, is, is on behalf of myself in Sacred Space and all, all of our listeners, thanks so much to, to all the spiritual help 
that the Dominicans have given to our listeners over the years, and maybe wish you God's blessing in the future. Thank you very much, John. God bless you now. Thank you. Bye bye. So again, my thanks again to to Father Frank for for um, giving us a beautiful welcome in the Dominicans, and also for speaking us with the, with us there during the week. The piece of the second bit of music that Father Frank uh, asked us to play was St. Patrick's Best Breastplate, and this is sung by Donna Corey Gibson. So let's hear this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.